When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As far as other guys that got non-tendered, there, there really was not a lot of guys that jumped out at me. Rowdy Telez being non-tendered, which is a guy we talked about a few episodes ago as a potential DH target. Though I know he's going to remind too many people of Daniel Vogelback because he's big, because <laughs> he's a lefty, because he's got pop. But does he have enough pop? and he's coming off a bad year, and he only plays first base. And he doesn't really have a neck. <laughs> so, so maybe Telez is not the perfect target, though he does have the connection to David Stearns, which I know we're going to play that game. Anybody who ever played for the Milwaukee Brewers is going to seem like a fit. I was intrigued by Nick Senzel, who was non-tendered by Cincinnati. There's something about former prospects, guys who you heard so much about, for so long. And Nick Senzel was certainly one of those guys. He was a top draft pick by Cincinnati back in 2016. Guy was actually taken second overall. And he's turned into a super utility player. He's a useful Major League Baseball player. And I mean that because he can play third base. He can play center field. He can play left field. Uh, he's never really hit at the Major League level, which is the biggest problem. He's not an everyday player. I certainly wouldn't suggest that. But... I'm intrigued, and I think a part of why I'm intrigued is because he's a former prospect. And sometimes with former prospects, there's a part of you that say, maybe at some point they'll turn it around. Dakota Hudson was another guy who was non-tendered who I'm slightly intrigued by. He's still young. He's 29 years old. And Dakota Hudson, sort of similar to Jack Flaherty, not only because he's a Cardinal, but because there's that one year, and for Hudson it was back in 2019 when he was a rookie, where he had a really good rookie season. He was really good. He went out, he made 32 starts. He had a mid-three ERA and had a really good year. 2020, pitched well, but it's a short season. You don't even think about it. And then he missed all of 2021, comes back in 2022 and is very mediocre. And then last year, misses a bunch of time and is mediocre again. But because he showed just enough as a rookie, you look at a guy like Dakota Hudson, and I'm certainly not suggesting him as a lock rotation spot. I'm more suggesting him as another swing option because you need so much depth to get through a full major league season, kind of like Joey Lucchese. So just a guy who I heard his name, and I said, oh, that's interesting. The other one was Austin Meadows. I don't know if Austin Meadows is ever going to play major league baseball again. He was dealing with mental health issues last year, really the last two years, and he was dealing with anxiety and the last I read about Austin Meadows is he has not decided if he wants to play baseball in 2024. But Austin Meadows is a guy who had that brilliant season, also 2019, right after he was traded in that Chris Archer trade. And he was an all-star. And he was damn good, and he had 33 home runs. And then even back in 2021, it wasn't as good of an offensive year, but he drove in over 100 runs. And then the Rays, they know when to get out. I give that about Tampa Bay, man. They know when to get out. And they trade him to Detroit. And I don't mean that in terms of the off-the-field issues he's dealing with. And I wish him the best. I think more just 
here's a baseball player, and we probably got the best out of him. That's what I mean, how Tampa Bay, like they did with Chris Archer. Same thing, they kind of knew. So you hear Austin Meadows' name, and it certainly jumps out of you because he is a name, because he is a former all-star caliber player. But I think right now Austin Meadows has to figure out if he's going to try to play baseball again. If he does, would I bring him in on a spring training invite? Absolutely. Could I, Absolutely. Why the hell not? Can, can I just add to this? Because it's interesting to me, and this is why I followed Meadows' career closely just because of fantasy baseball purposes. I've kept him a couple times, which is pathetic. But anyway. I had him first. Remember that yes, piece. Yes, I do remember. <laughs> well, but listen, and then when, when he did nothing up until the Rays, really, and then, uh, again, fell off real quick. But he was with the Detroit system last year. His brother was part of the system. Yes. His yes. brother got called up. You would think if he wants to play ball, he would do it with his brother around. You'd think that like a, someone that he could lean upon. If he's not going to play for Detroit, I can't see him going anywhere else and playing ball. No, he probably isn't, and you know, I, I wouldn't count on it. I'm just saying if Austin Meadows wants to play Major League Baseball, whether you're the Mets, the Yankees, or any other team, he's a talent enough where you give him an invite and see what he's got. Problem is he hasn't really played. He didn't play much last year, didn't play that much in 2022, hasn't played a lot of baseball the last couple of years. But let's get to the big one. The biggest non-tender, the most intriguing non-tender, and one that I would absolutely keep an eye on, because of that connection, is Brandon Woodruff. Now, let's keep in mind what's going on here with Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff was non-tendered because he's out for the season. That's why. Or he's, let me phrase this correctly, he is likely out for the season. That's the way it's been phrased with the injury he's dealing with during the offseason. He had surgery during the offseason, and the assumption has been he's either missing a big chunk of the season or he's going to miss the entire season. And, and also what I read about it, which was sort of strange, is that it's an injury that they don't deem to be serious, but the timing of it was very bad in terms of when the surgery took place. And you know, just he's going to miss the season. And by the way, the surgery has to be serious because if you're missing a season, you're missing a lot of time. But Brandon Woodruff, when he's pitched, has been very good. And even this past season in 2023, he made 11 starts because he missed a bunch of time to injury earlier in the season. The guy was awesome. Like, he had a 2.28 ERA in the 11 starts he made. Back in 2022, he was really good. Back in 2021, he was really good. Like, Brandon Woodruff has been one of those guys since his first major league season. When he pitches, he's damn good. Age-wise, he's going to be 31 years old in February. But if we're under the impression he's out for the year, and I certainly think he is, and the Brewers released a beautiful statement, very nice statement, about how difficult of a decision it was, how they love Woody, he'll always be a Brewer, and they're open to bringing him back. They could not tender him a deal because he was projected to make $11.5 million and then be a free agent. If he's out for the season, how could you give him that? Like it, it doesn't make any sense. The only option you would have is to negotiate a two-year contract where, and that's the kind of deal I think he signs if he signs anywhere, and I think he will, and that's the kind of deal the Mets would have to consider. They actually did it on a much lesser scale with John Curtis a couple of years ago where you sign a guy, you know he's out for the season, so you know he's not pitching this year, but then there's that second year 
that you have control over. So what does that contract look like? Are the Mets going to give him, you know, a two-year, $20 million deal where you're giving him $6 million for this season and then $14 million for next year? I don't know. I don't know what kind of deal you give him. It's a two-year deal. I'm just not sure about the money. And I'm open to it because he's a damn good pitcher. I just know short-term he doesn't do anything for us. Like, if the Mets come out and announce tomorrow they've signed Brandon Woodruff to that kind of two-year contract, I think we'd mostly agree that's a great deal for 2025, but it doesn't do anything for us in the short term because he's out for the season. I do think it's worth investigating. I think those are smart moves. We've seen the Tampa Bay Rays make moves like that in the past where you sign a guy who you know is not pitching to an affordable two-year deal, and then you reap the rewards potentially two years from now. Because of the Stearns connection, like we mentioned earlier, we're always going to speculate. I think it's a possibility. Would you be up for that? Would that intrigue you? So Brandon Woodruff, I think, is someone that's a no-brainer. I know the situation right now. It sucks. But if you take his best season, you know, and you compare it to, like, if it was a two-year, $20 million deal, you're basically paying it in a little bit in advance. You know, you're paying not for next year or for 2024, but you're paying for 2025, and it's a get a – cheaper deal now if he could put up what he's put up in the past when he's been completely just you know outright nasty on the mound it's so worth it and in 2025 if like say for example we miss out on Yamamoto when we get Shohei or say we get both you talking about Shohei Otani or Yamamoto and Woodruff you're talking about two guys that could fight for a Cy Young oh plus Kodai Sanga I mean that's freaking that's awesome yeah, that Otani part seems like a fantasy. But sure, why the hell not? Uh, the surgery he had, by the way, was right shoulder surgery to repair his anterior capsule. And I've read they're expecting him to miss most of the 2024 season. I think John Paul Morosi tweeted he could be back by the All-Star break, but I haven't seen that anywhere else. I've seen he's going to miss most of the season. Uh, obviously, if he signs somewhere... I'm sure what team he's on and where they are in a pennant race may impact that. But I certainly think we have to view it as he's out for the season. And and I'm with you by going after him. Like, why the hell not? I think where the Mets may end up if they miss out on Yamamoto, and I know this may sound really disappointing and piss a lot of people off, and I get why. It should piss you off, I guess. Is if they don't get Yamamoto, they may go with a lot of short-term deals. They may go a lot of one-year deals and then kind of, re-enter the market in 2025 when Shane Bieber's a free agent, when Corbin Burns is a free agent, when Shohei Otani would pitch, assuming you signed him, when Brandon Woodruff would pitch, assuming you signed him. So if you are ending up in that direction where you're signing guys to a lot of one-year deals, that at least locks you in for a guy that you could kind of pencil into the rotation for 2025. So I'm open to it. We'll see how aggressive David Stearns is on that. But other than that, there really weren't any other names that jumped out at me. There weren't a lot of names that had me all that excited. We had mentioned a couple of days ago Cal Quantrill as a possible back-of-the-rotation guy after he was DFA'd by Cleveland. But guess what? They went out and traded him to the Colorado Rockies. (laughs) So it did not work out. A couple of quick emails on the Rico Brony. And, of course, you can email us at ricob at gmail.com. Steve writes, love the show. If the Mets are successful in getting Yamamoto and he's their number one, 
and their number two starter, both out of Japan, will both of them need five or six days rest between starts? Do you think that's a potential problem? What I think it is, is a six-man rotation. If they successfully sign Yamamoto, I think the Mets are almost immortal locked to have a six-man rotation. And that's where Hoff's boy Joey Lucchese comes in. That's where signing a depth guy like a Dakota Hudson, who we brought up earlier as a non-tender guy, that's where that comes in. So I think those options, as unappealing as they may sound, may be more necessary when you're talking about a six-man rotation. By the way, a lot of emails in terms of the rewatch, which I talked about on the last Rico. What game should we rewatch and then do a podcast on? Last year, we did it on Game 7 of the 86 World Series. A lot of, and, and I suggest it should be a negative game. I brought up some kind of brutal loss since we did a positive one last year. We did get a little bit of what you said, Pete, of the last game in 07. The last game in 07 is not on YouTube. I looked for it. The Saturday game from 07, YouTube. The Friday game, YouTube. But that final game in 2007, I like to call it the Tommy Glavin can't get a freaking out game, is not on YouTube. So in fairness, we have to eliminate that as a possibility. I've heard some 2000 World Series candidates in the email, a few Game 6, 1999 in the email. We got a lot of candidates. A lot of candidates. I can't believe it's not on YouTube. What, are they trying to scrub it away like Back to the Future? (laughs) Do you really want it on YouTube, though? No, but I mean, again, like for our purpose, yes, just have it for one time only. Can they release it for one day? Everyone get a chance to watch Misery? Yeah. I don't know about you, and I'm going to leave it up to the people. I kind of, I'm more partial to going back further. Like 2007, believe it or not, I know it's, it is a long time ago when you think about it, 17 years, 16 years. I don't think that's long enough. Like, I like the idea of going back even further. I, to, to me, it's 2000 or earlier, and preferably a game I never saw, or at least I never saw watching. And I know that's different for all our ages. I mean, if you're a 55-year-old listener right now, you've seen a lot of them. If you're a 70-year-old listener, you've seen all of them. I get that. My concern about Game 7 and 73, which is on YouTube, Game 7 of the 1973 World Series, I put it on for 10 seconds. My son was with me, and he's like, you can't see anything. It's so blurry. <laughs> so I, I don't know how many people want to sit there for three hours watching a game that's so freaking blurry. Well, maybe we could listen to it on the ra- like a radio recap. It kind of is. It's kind of what it would be. Like you're <laughs> looking at it, but you're mostly listening to it. So I have a good suggestion, and this is a historic for the Mets. And I'm not sure which game we want to do, but we should definitely go and look back at Anthony Young's career. Maybe go for the record-setting loss in a row. Maybe (laughs) that's where we go. The late Anthony Young, by the way. I know. It's unfortunate. It's weird to find, like, what's on YouTube and what's not. You could find so many random Met games. And I was thinking about that, too. Like, why don't we pick the most random Met game that's on YouTube from, it doesn't even matter, the year, and just watch it? (laughs) Because, dude, there are so many of them. Like, there's so, from the 80s, from the 90s, from this. They're just sitting there. Like, May 25th against the Expos. It's just sitting there. So, maybe we'll have a second rewatch, and we'll call it the random rewatch. And we'll find a random mech game that we will rewatch. But we'll continue to take suggestions, and we'll announce one soon. And then we'll give you time to watch it, and then we'll do a pod. But you can email the pod anytime, b at gmail.com. It's been a very busy week for the Rico Bronya. We, in fact, will have another podcast coming out 
Sunday, sometimes Sunday and a Monday, that focuses on third base, the internal options, the external options. So take a listen to that wherever you download your podcast, Rico Bronia. Thank you very much for listening. And again, goodbye, Daniel Vogelback. Thanks for the memories. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>